The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media US. It's the PR Week Podcast in partnership with M Booth Health. On today's episode, we have to be willing to be more inclusive, to include people that are relevant to our populations, to be more nimble in how that information gets distributed, and be willing to go to places where people really are. Here's your host, Gideon Fiddleside. Hi, everybody. This is Gideon Fiddleside, Editorial Director of Custom at PR Week. Really excited to be here today for another wonderful podcast. Before I begin, I obviously want to thank M Booth Health for supporting this podcast and for sharing the wisdom that they are about to impart on us. Talking about health equity today, it's an issue that has been plaguing our country. COVID-19 brought this into focus even more acutely. One of the reasons I am so excited about today's podcast is because it will feature a top leader from a top agency that has really dived deep into this issue, specifically as it pertains to Black Americans. And it is my honor to introduce that top leader right now. It's Taylor Mahmood, EVP Health Equity and Multicultural Strategy at M Booth Health. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. And as you might know, even though sometimes it may not look like it, I do have conversations with all of my guests before the podcast takes place. And I did have such a conversation with Taylor. And I was really, really excited because M Booth has done some amazing research on this, really dive deep into this. And I think... You guys are not only going to learn a lot today. I'm pretty sure there's going to be at least one or two moments here like, wow, I never knew that. I never would have thought that. All those kinds of things. And that's what makes terrific podcasts. So let's dive right into it, Taylor, because I know people are already sick of hearing my voice. <laughs> While health equity is an issue that numerous groups have felt and are still feeling strongly, like I said, Booth Health has uncovered some staggering data to highlight how Black Americans have suffered the most and how they've taken matters into their own hands. So Taylor, please share with us, our audience, some of the eye-opening statistics Booth Health has uncovered to highlight some of these inequities and how they're being handled. Yeah, you know, in the face of COVID and the disproportionate impact on Black Americans, certainly it's put health equity on Main Street with many stakeholders and it's front and center at the forefront of many of our clients' uh, strategies. What we wanted to look into is how is that impacting Americans' behaviors? And so we conducted a study actually of 2,500 demographically diverse patients, and um, we found some of the starkest uh, statistics among how Black Americans are navigating, particularly information um, as it uh, pertains to uh, managing and informing health decisions. So what we uncovered is Black Americans are creating personal networks of trusted sources to inform health decisions. So what they're doing is instead of relying on traditional health sources, um, physicians, government, industry, they're creating their own ecosystem of people and resources that they refer to when making these decisions. Um, in fact, this uh, statistic uh, of 61% of Ameri- Black Americans are doing this. This is even stronger among Black mothers, which we mm-hmm. know there's a disproportionate um, Black maternal health uh, 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 mortality rate, as well as Black Gen Z. Um, and what we found was particularly interesting is who makes up these chosen circles. So, you know, certainly, again, like traditional health sources are important. But uh, they're supplemented by far more trusted and less expected groups of people, such as, you know, friends and family, 
um, online influencers and a mental health uh, therapist. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Also, who wasn't part of the equation always was HCPs. Mm-hmm. I was so excited because I'd seen some of the data already and I kind of knew we were going with that one. But no, but it, it is an interesting point how in this particular demographic, how the sources that you would think you would be able to trust 100% for this information are not necessarily viewed that way. And um, Taylor used the term their chosen circles, which is really, really very prevalent in this entire conversation. It's also a good segue for me to do the following. In addition to our conversation today, I am going to welcome all of you out there to go to Mbooth Health's website and see this data because there's a lot of things we might not necessarily cover today specifically, some really, really fascinating information for any communicator out there. Um, and uh, the URL is going to be in the little article that we're going to write that many of you will have seen before checking out this podcast. But in case you're getting to this podcast another way, I'm going to make it simple for you. It's www.mboothhealth.com. Now, Taylor, let's get back to the podcast here. One piece of data from your research that really caught my attention, and I'm going to say this right now, as I said before, there was a lot more than one, but this one really caught my eye. More than one in five black Americans say they've gotten sick in the last 12 to 18 months because they didn't have access to the health information they needed. That's inexcusable. But besides that, can you please discuss this staggering revelation? And of course, please discuss what you feel communications role must be in overcoming this specific problem and overall in advancing health equity. Well, let me first start by saying that the statistic increases to one in four Black mothers Mm. and one in three Black Gen Z. Mm. So on one hand, you could reference the persistent digital divide um, in in that um, Black Americans and also Hispanic Americans are less likely to have a traditional computer or a broadband at home. So the way that this information is um, put out there is not as accessible to everyone. But the problem runs much deeper. Many people of color don't have trust or faith in the information provided by government agencies and healthcare companies because there's a lack of trust and lack of inclusion in these materials. So um, rather than say how I feel, in our study, we asked um, you know, our respondents what they thought about the information uh, that is available and how to make it relevant and valuable to their communities. And what they said is, uh, first and foremost, they expect um, health information providers to provide information that's trustworthy, accurate, easy to understand, and more inclusive. So that was a baseline. Mm-hmm. But really, they want um, information that uh, comes from people like me. So the idea of people like me was really resonant. So I want to hear from people who are like me in terms of demographic. I want to hear from people who are like me in terms of shared experience. I want to hear from people like me who can relate to what's going on in my community, not just a traditional uh, expert. Also, I want to hear from influencers that I respect. And that's not always what the health community would think would be an influencer. That could be the influencer I follow on social media. And and we have to be open to uh, engaging them. Um, And also... This, there was this idea of like, meet me where I am. So don't expect me to come to your website, to your, uh, ta- you know, your event, your this and that to get the information, bring it to where I'm already consuming info. And that means 
social media, multicultural media, podcasts, even messaging apps. But what I found uh, really particularly interesting is that the importance of in-person conversation is still there. Mm. Um, and so to build trust, you can't build trust from afar. You have to come on in. And so what I think that means for health communications is we have to be willing to be more inclusive, to include people that are relevant to our populations, to you know be more nimble in how that information gets distributed and be willing to go to places where people really are. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this this conversation about overcoming inequities and inclusion, it obviously goes well beyond the healthcare space. But what I really, really love about this conversation is how much detail you're bringing to it, because let's be honest, the consequences of getting these things wrong or not doing the right things in this space are more important than, you know, other sectors. I mean, we're talking about life and death. We're talking about life and death here in health. And you know what? And when you look at the demographics of this country and where they're going, we are not talking about a small percentage of our population. We're talking about a huge percentage of our population that is not getting the information that they need from the sources that they need to be getting it from. And you know what? Communicators have a wonderful opportunity here to really, really make a difference on something that's so important. And I'm sorry if that comes off as I'm sorry that comes off as a little bit soapboxy by me. I'm sorry, but it's really, really true. And I think I have a lot of respect for what M. Booth Health has brought to light here. And that's, it's really, really important. So, you know, I hope all of you are like taking some notes here and really kind of paying attention because, you know, each and every one of you really does have a role to play in all this. And that's the point. And the next question I had for you, Taylor, and honestly, I understand you, we, we might already be covering some ground that you already mentioned, but it's so important that if that happens to be the case, it really doesn't bother me. But what are some of the factors that health communicators are misinformed about when it comes to both health equity or inequity and multicultural communications in general? So, look, I wouldn't necessarily say misinformed, but I would certainly say maybe underinformed or there are some misconceptions um, mm-hmm. that we can talk through. So one of them is grouping. Right. So grouping black people as one grouping people of color as one. So there is so much dimension within each community. So certainly not a monolith. So we talked about the need to understand and dimensionalize our audience and recognize all black people aren't poor. All black people aren't underinsured. All black people aren't this or that. Right. There's so many different layers to someone's uh personality and identity that we have to account for in our communications. I use the example of oftentimes when we look at patient profiles, there are multiple patient profiles uh, that might be white, but they tend to throw in, you know, one black patient, even if the um, even if the disease state uh, over indexes in that population, how so? So I think we have to really think at, at a deeper level and truly understand the uh, identity factors and needs of Black Americans at a deeper level. Another one I want to mention is inclusion as an output. So um, we have to start with being inclusive in our inputs. So we need to start from research and insights and make sure that we're centering perspectives of historically excluded and underrepresented individuals at the start. We cannot just assume that we include a picture, we include a point, and that inclusion is going to happen as an output. That, that's not the way it works. And then one other thing I, I want to mention is the idea of solving. 
right? So solving uh, someone else's uh, challenge without engaging those closest to the community. You can't solve from on high or from afar. Trust and understanding is built, you know, in the trenches with the patients, with the HCPs and with the community, those that are closest to the inequities and really looking at, you know, partnering on solutions that are going to actually move the needle. I'm actually sitting here taking some notes myself, which I know maybe as a podcast also I'm not supposed to be doing. But again, some really, really fascinating stuff, Taylor. Thank you so much for that. And um, the next topic I want to touch touch on with you is this. Um, as we've already clearly established, Booth Health takes a very unique approach to its work in the healthcare space, including its success in integrating health equity into every aspect of its work. Could you speak a little bit specifically about how you do that? Yeah, I often uh, kind of joke about the idea of how I was graciously allowed to come in and break apart the strategic process and approach. So what we did is we look at how we uh, do our business and we took a step back and said, where are there gaps in terms of perspective? Where are there gaps in terms of data? Where are there gaps in terms of our team's ability to um, uh, represent um, and uh, make sure uh diverse perspectives were accounted for. So we broke apart that that model and we're infusing uh, health equity and multicultural strategy across the board in everything we do. So for example, when we, um, we're, we're being very inclusive in our research practices, making sure one, that we're representative of patient populations and, and also um, perspectives from the start. We're, if we need, we need to buy uh, new research tools, that's what we do. We're looking at um, no strategy gets built without uh, health equity included. So no matter what the client asks us for, whether they ask us for equity or not, it's in there. Um, and that's just um, a mandate that we set for ourselves and for our teams. And I would say many agencies and clients like consider health equity or multicultural strategy as a separate entity or a different practice, kind of like a nice to have add on. Um, but that doesn't work. Right. And it doesn't work for us. And I think people tend to forget at how our uh, U.S. population, how much of our U.S. population is multicultural. Mm -hmm. So nearly half of the U.S. population identifies as multicultural and the world's population of more than 7 billion uh, is increasingly diverse. So what that means is multicultural marketing is mainstream marketing. And so we need to take a different approach, an inclusive approach, so that we yield different outcomes. So again, that multicultural inclusion as an input, not an output. Absolutely. And, you know, what Taylor's saying is really, really important because health equity cannot be an add-on to what you're offering as an agency, as a brand or whatnot. It's got to be inside everything that you do. And it's really great to see an agency leading agency like Ambooth Health really, really bringing that to life. So much respect for that as well. You know, um, I'm really, really going to appeal, you know, I'm really, really going to appeal, allow you guys to see behind the curtain a little bit here, because um, this next question I'm going to ask Taylor was one that we were thinking about and we were saying, hmm, it's very possible we might have covered this already, but let's see if we want to ask this. But you know what, Taylor, I am going to ask this because if nothing else, it is going to reveal a piece of data that I think is staggering. So, and this is that piece of data. 53% of black, oh, from uh, obviously from Embooth Health study, this is from Gideon's mind. 53% <laughs> of black Americans say pharma companies are an important source of health information. Okay. Meanwhile, 
only 13% say they have actually learned about health from a pharma company website. 53%, 13%. You do not have to get an 800 on your the math portion of your SAT to know that is a huge chasm, okay? So why do you think this chasm exists and what can pharma companies do to bridge this enormous gap? Not to uh, throw more data at you, but um, <laughs> I think that it links back to this. Um, in our study, we found that more than one in three Black Americans say they don't feel represented in health information. They don't think health organizations care about people of their background, mm. and they don't always trust the health information that we that they receive from uh, traditional health providers. So this comes back to a lack of trust and a lack of inclusion. And so if I don't see that you respect me as an individual, if I don't see myself, if I don't see people who look like myself at your company, why should I trust the information that you're providing to me? Mm -hmm. So then I'm going to go elsewhere to augment that information overload because there's information coming at me from all angles as well as that lack of trust. And then that comes back to forming my own chosen circle. Mm -hmm. No, that, that, that's really tremendous. And once again, it goes to show that this conversation, while obviously focused on healthcare and health equity, it really is more than that because you can have this conversation focused on any sector. And the importance of brands, agencies, what have you, having representation on their own teams that represent what this country looks like now is crucial because those demographics won't trust you as much as they should if they don't see that. So, um, but and again, I'll repeat what I said before, and I know that Taylor would agree with me on this. The stakes in this sector are as high as they can be. I mean, we're not talking about buying a sweater or something. I'm not saying that's not important, but we're talking about life and death here. This is really important stuff. Um, Taylor has, over the course of this conversation, which I've enjoyed tremendously, has obviously shown an amazing passion for this. But um, if I don't, if you guys don't mind, and it will indulge me, um, Taylor, I do want to ask you this as well. I just, you're such an inspirational figure. What inspired your personal passion for advancing health equity? Lived experience. Hmm. Lived experience as a black woman, lived experience as a mother, lived experience as a caregiver, lived experience with the healthcare system, um, and experience in the health marketing and comm space. So I've been in the doctor's office and experienced discrimination. I'll give you, and I'll actually tell you a story. I was uh, just coming out of, um, I had surgery in 2020, and I was coming out of surgery and talking to the surgeon, and um, he was checking me up afterwards, and um, I said, I just want to make sure everything's going to be all right. And he said to me, you'll be all right because you're not like the rest of them. And I, and I said to him, well, what does that mean? Who's the rest of them and what does that mean? And there was just this deafening silence as part of that conversation that really said to me, right, someone still has to be an advocate for everybody that's experiencing, you know, these particular types of situations because they are um, they're quite prevalent. I've been in agency halls or even in creative reviews where I'm the only person that represents the population of, uh, of, of what we're talking about, the patient population, and I'm being over talked, you know, over explained and so, so forth. So, you know, just the 
gaps in representation within the healthcare communications industry are vast. So again, who's going to have, uh, who's going to bring the patient's voice into the room or, or push to make sure that we include, uh, we have inclusive research practices. And, you know, I, it was just born out of a need to act and rather than sit back um, to just kind of challenge the status quo, do things differently and look for tangible solutions versus uh, stay in the, you know, all talk, no action space. You know, Taylor, I'm really, really glad that um, we had that last part of the conversation in particular, because I have so many conversations with wonderful communicators about a variety of topics. And I don't often really ask them what their personal motivation was for working on what they do. And in this particular case, I'm really, really glad we did that because um, while I don't think anyone would have any doubt that you know your stuff when it comes to this, to get that sort of personal perspective, and I'm sorry you went through that, even though it seems the surgery went well, so I guess that's a positive. That uh, but but um, yeah, you know what? Look, health equity is a huge problem, and um, I you know I I probably personally haven't done enough to help with that. I'll, I'll admit that, but there's a lot of people in the industry who haven't, um, and I know the intention is there. I know the intention is there in a lot of places. But it's really, really good when um, agencies like Mbooth Health and obviously leaders like Taylor have this kind of study, chosen circles. Remember, go on mboothhealth.com and check it out um, and sort of reveal in numbers that are impossible to ignore just how bad, the, you know, how serious, how serious the problem is. And it needs to be solved. And with communicators like Taylor, I know that we will get there. But for today... Taylor, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Thank you for sharing this incredible research. And PR Week will be very happy to share it as well in this podcast. And obviously, when we give you the link to the to the research as well, which you can share. Obviously, I want to thank Booth Health for supporting this podcast and supporting PR Week over the years. Of course, they always have. I know that discussions about things that um, maybe we all are not doing as well as we should are never the easiest ones to have but they're also often the most important ones to have. And this is a really important podcast. And I'm really, really honored that I got the chance to spend time with Taylor today to do this. And thank you all for tuning in. Until I see you next time, I want to wish all of you a great rest of your day. 